Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reba and Allie, and we are here again today at Rooted Deep. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know, every now and then we have these great opportunities to be able to do a phenomenal interview, right? And Allie, we have interviewed some of the coolest people. We've talked about some of the most amazing subjects. Um, and we love hearing the feedback that people give us about how that helped them. And today is just one of those interviews. So why don't uh, Allie tell us who's with us today and tell us how awesome this is going to be. Yeah, and I'm really excited about this interview because we have been talking about um, we have been talking about several things throughout, you know, planning our podcast and talking about um, encouragement. But we've also been talking about grief and suffering. Yeah. And um, when I thought about that, I thought about, hey, you know, I know somebody who's helped me personally, and then somebody who's helped um, step into a couple of times during our ministry. That's really needed. Um, really needed this uh, kind of. You need sometimes you just need to call in a pro, you know, yeah. and so today Dr. Amy Hodges Hamilton and she is a professor of English at Belmont University in Nashville Tennessee and her research and teaching interests center on personal writing memoir feminist theory trauma theory and healing in the arts and she's uh, the university capstone coordinator sexual assault prevention and awareness peer education faculty leader um, and she, but she's most at home just writing and sitting around a table with the women um, that she's with her either her her students or with women that she's serving around the community and writing and collaborating um, and talking about trauma, talking about writing through their trauma. And that's, I'm pretty sure, as, I, as I've um, talked to her uh, extensively uh, about her research, that is what her, uh, you know, her research is focused on, is trauma. And the other thing about this interview and about this introduction is she is my first cousin. And so we've, we kind of grew up together. So I can say all that fancy stuff. And then I'm like, and I beat her at Candyland when... <laughs> in elementary school you know so amy welcome to the show thank you very much we would call you dr hh you. like your students uh like your students do but we're just going to go with amy right now if you don't mind i think amy is perfect great good so tell us a little bit about how you got into i mean what what was something that kind of pushed you into this um into this direction with your writing you've always been a writer but what was something that really pushed you in um toward writing through trauma and and healing it was actually my first semester as a college level writing teacher. And uh, I was so worried about responding to student writing and getting my grades in. And it was absolutely not a personal essay topic. Uh, but a student was really late turning in his paper. And I kind of kept saying, like, come on, can you please turn this in? Can you please turn this in? And he wouldn't ever turn it in. And finally, he turned it in three weeks late. And when I sat down to respond, I was annoyed. I had so much other, you know, uh, things to do. And as I started reading his essay, I stopped and I began to read it slowly. And as I read, I shared his trauma. Uh, and he wrote about his sister's uh, untimely death she uh, got up on the roof while he was taking down the Christmas lights and he yelled at her to go inside and she stepped back into an empty space. And um, he ended the essay with, uh, I try not to blame myself for my sister's death, but not a day goes by that I don't ask, what if I had held my temper in check? So I, I really wanted to encourage 
bill to continue writing, but I was unable to formulate the right words of response, you know, in, in the field of English and, and really higher education, we're trained to discourage too much emotion in students writing, but I really felt the depth of his emotional experience. And, and so I started thinking about that. Why was his writing better? Because he was writing about something so personal. Uh, and I, I could share countless stories from students who've written and researched powerfully out of deeply emotional and personal issues, um, regardless of, of the course assignment focus. Um, so that really was the, my introduction to this um, research area. And so I started looking at why we discourage personal writing, why it's not seen as academic, why we're supposed to put up this sort of brave face uh, in all areas of our professional lives, uh, really, and you know, social lives. You know, we don't we don't bear uh, one another's burdens. I don't think like like the Bible calls us to do as much as we should. And so, I started doing research, looking back at ethos and pathos and logos to to use sort of Aristotle as as going all the way back. Um, and thinking about emotion. And, and then I started sort of moving this idea both into personal and academic writing. So why not research breast cancer if your mom has had breast cancer? Like what is, what, that would be more um, relatable and, and a student might be more interested. Um, or why not look at issues of you know race if you're a first generation African-American students. So, so sort of encouraging people to do what they know and what they love, and then that encourages students to become better writers. So that's sort of how I got into the, the research uh, around writing and trauma, but it's blowing up right now. Um, Oprah just published a book on trauma and resilience. I'm, I'm really disappointed she didn't ask me to co-author that. Um, but that is a really incredible book. There's a lot of research out there um, on adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. Uh, I highly recommend Nadine Burke Harris's TED Talk on adverse childhood experiences and the ways in which our early experiences really do shape our physiology and the way that our uh, brains are patterned and the ways in which we experience things. Um, and then just thinking about how writing can really help make sense of things. Um, in James Pennebaker's work, if you're interested in learning more, I think he is, he's a leading researcher in this field, but it, it's, it's also to me really amazing that he's able to bring quantitative and qualitative research. So he's got the statistics in there, but he also shows you through story uh, so it's you're able to sort of get those left and right brain people to both see it. He he actually has just started. Um, well, last year uh, around May, he started a pandemic project and it's free. And there are writing prompts uh, to sort of work, walk you through how the pandemic, COVID nineteen pandemic has has impacted your life, uh, socially, personally, professionally. Uh, and and to really think about how writing might help you make sense of of the last fifteen months, so wow. that's the researcher I would I would probably recommend most if you're interested in learning more about the sort of theory behind writing and trauma. 
you know, I know when I was I was a professor, I always my we always I always taught my students because I was in psychology and counseling field. So we were always talking about the ability of being able to take what's in your head and actually get it into words. And what a what an amazing um, transformation happens because a lot of times you're you're I don't know what to say I, I can't come up with words and those are your first few responses and then the more you work through it and process through it and you know just kind of throw up on the page and refine and over and over again all of a sudden you find words to express where you're at and. I've never thought of it so much, uh, even in those days, as the as a healing part of it, but almost a processing part of it. So this is pretty. This is pretty. Uh, it's for me pretty phenomenal that it's it's more than just processing. It also has a huge part in healing. Well, and if you think about healing, it is a process, right? Like you know, that's what I always tell students because actually, the first time you write about something, you're not going to feel better. You might actually feel worse. Uh, and so Pennebaker's research shows that students feel significantly worse for the first 24, 48, 72 hours. And then after a week or two, they come back for their assessment and they're like, oh, I can breathe. Um, so it, it is, I think it's important to, to note that it's not just automatically better right? Healing is a process and, and sort of making sense of things takes time. Um, and so that's that I'm glad you said that because really it's like waves, you know, some days, um, you're going to feel great. And then other days, um, you may need to go back to the page and, and sort of rethink things. Um, and I also tell people if it's not something you're ready to share, write it and tear it up. You know, you don't, I don't ever require students to write about trauma. I just am very careful not to say, okay, Allison, you can write about your trauma, but Reba, you can't. Um, right. Or, oh yeah, I love the idea of, of researching cars, but I'm not in, in any way interested in you researching sexual assault because that's too much. I can't, I can't right. handle that. Right. So that's silencing the student who has experienced sexual assault while privileging the student who's been able to research antique cars. Um, so again, just encouraging students, no matter their experience uh, or the person, no matter their experience, to be able to write uh, about it and from it and to be heard. Uh, mm -hmm. Judith Herman is another social psychologist who I absolutely love. And she really talks about how the, the third and final step in healing is being normalized and heard. Hmm. You know, for someone to say, I hear you, mm -hmm. I understand, I'm, I'm here. So not only is it important to write the story, but it's also important to, to tell the story once mm -hmm. you're ready. When um, I have to, the other day I watched your keynote address um, for the healing housing uh, love breakfast and you had a, a beautiful quote by Maya Angelou about an untold story and I want you to say, I mean and that that kind of sim, uh, symbolizes maybe maybe that was your bridge into going into ministry um, or taking this into the community so that quote is beautiful so go ahead Maya Angelou in the beginning of her memoir which is my favorite book ever written she says um, that 
growing up is painful for the Southern black girl and being aware of her displacement is the rust on the razor that threatens the throat. It's an unnecessary insult. And then she writes, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. Mm-hmm. And yes, I would say that is absolutely the bridge that moved me from the classroom to the community because you think about privilege, right? And you think about that these college students, which I'm grateful to teach, and they all have stories as well. So I'm not in any way saying if you're educated, you don't need to write and heal. Um, but I was thinking you know, about the opportunity that these students were getting. And then I kept thinking about the women that you work with, Allison, or the women at the Tennessee Women's Prison and, and the opportunity for them to, to stand as witness to that untold story. And so I started working with women on the margins probably 15 years ago. Um, and my latest project has been, uh, our collaboration has been with the Women of Healing Housing. And it is the first um, sober living facility in the county where I live. Uh, and it is an incredible faith-based organization that really encourages women to heal and to grow. Uh, and they really look at the whole person. Um, you know, they they give them spiritual mentors, they give them financial mentors. Uh, we have this writing and healing program going um, and really thinking about all of the, the parts that it takes to heal and to grow and to get ready to, to sort of launch back into um, community. And so it's been one of the greatest honors of my life, as was coming to uh, the Dominican and, and listening to those stories. But again, like getting out of the way, I think is really important when it comes to writing and healing. You know, it's not it's not prescriptive. There's not a, a certain way you should write. Um, there, it, it really is just about getting it out and and then hopefully letting someone else share that story and then maybe seeing those connections, which is really incredible. You know, that's the thing when I partner students with, with women in the Dominican or women in Nashville, they're like, we had such different backgrounds, but we have so many similarities. And I think that's really important to remember is that we all have a story and we've all felt lost and alone. And to me, um, writing it down, being understood is is part of that coming back process. Mm, There's, like um, it. It's It was funny because when she mentions coming to the Dominican, uh, I was nervous because um, I knew the women's stories and I was nervous about um, asking them to tell their stories to um, to some students that had come down and Amy was like, no, it'll be fine. We'll treat it, you know, we'll treat it uh, respectfully. Well, they're full of dignity, like just pours dignity over them. But it was funny because even with the language barrier for some reason, and they, you know, and they were like, okay, you're both cousins you're related. Why is Allie so mean and Amy so nice? You know, that was the first question. And then the second question is Amy just be um, Amy and, and a couple of her students were sitting there just asking certain questions and women began unpacking more details of their story that I had never even heard before. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, she's never told me this part. And some of it was actually quite deep and profound. And there's something I think about, um, Amy told me later, there's something about telling 
you know, telling your story to a stranger is sometimes a lot easier than telling mm. your story to, you know, to a close friend or, or, or a peer. And, um, and it was interesting. And I was like, what is that? What is that power? And what are those prompts that, you know, and we've, we've talked about journaling before, but I think people think of journaling as just, you know, here's what happened today. Today stunk. I, you know, I, I burned whatever and, and, you know, yelled yelled at my kids or blah, 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 but there's so much more, there can be so much more than journaling, but what were some of those prompts that really, that was kind of the key to unlocking something? Well, thinking like, for example, what was the rust on the razor that threatened your throat? Right about that, right? Okay. So giving them specific prompts, I think is really, really important. Um, write about a time or tell me about a time when you felt lost. Or when, what does home look like? Uh, you know, so yes, I think guided journaling and guided prompts for writing and healing, depending on the circumstance is really key. Uh, Open-ended questions, of course, but also, yes, if I just sat down with a blank piece of paper, there would be some days when I would be like, yeah, no, I'm good. I mean, right, like, I don't know what I want to say or, or you know, I, I think yeah, there were many days of, my, um, I said that, you know, I used to theorize writing and healing and research it and teach it. And then when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer, I had to practice it. Uh, and mm -hmm. you know, I, there were some days when she would be napping or I would be sitting in the dark hospital room where I would try to write and I just couldn't. And so that's another thing to know that it's not, you're not always going to feel this surge of inspiration, right? Like writing is a process and there, those guided journal prompts can really help. Um, tell me, you know, let's remember a person. Okay. What about their appearance? What about their mannerisms? Are they always talking with their hands? Are they, do they look angry? What about things they say? Do they say, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, all the time, or bless your heart or what, it, what is it, you know, come in, and give me some conversations. What, you know, what was a meaningful experience you shared with this person? So again, like really thinking about specificity um, can really be helpful. And, you know, I think I've really seen this through the years of uh, watching women's Bible studies evolve um, because there was a while there back, you know, maybe 15, 20 plus years ago where Bible studies had a certain look to them. And then all of a sudden, some women really started writing powerful Bible studies, and they were all very much that style. They prompted you with questions, and those questions gave you the opportunity to either look beyond into Scripture or look beyond into yourself and make that application. And I think that is one of the catalysts that really exploded women's Bible study uh, across, you know, at least across the U.S., was because... It was so, I think it was like, oh, this is what I needed. I needed somebody to ask me the right questions. And now I can, you know, I can respond. Now, of course, you know, we've had a decade or more of that. And so uh, we're, we're moving and changing as women have grown accustomed to that. But I remember those early days when women were, it was just like somebody was pouring water over a thirsty, dry, desert, cracked soil because women were so absorbing oh my goodness, finally, somebody's asked me a question that I, I want to answer. Right. Yeah. You know, I think absolutely. And I think that that's, that's the thing that's so important about our spiritual 
journeys is this idea that we connect to the scripture, right? That we're able to see and live it out. And that's why, you know, I, I quoted Matthew 25 uh, in the in the event that uh, Allison mentioned the healing housing keynote, because I think that to me signifies our calling as Christians. Like for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. Uh, I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And I think to me, mercy and what Allison's doing and what you're doing, like to me, that's the embodiment of those verses, right? Like, and that, and to me, that is also what we can do by listening to the stories of others, right? Mm -hmm. We can help them work through pain and trauma. We can think about renewal, gaining strength, coming together, rejoining community. I mean, that's ultimately what writing and healing should do is to invite you back in, uh, you know, when you felt marginalized and when you felt silenced to help rediscover your voice and be able to continue that kingdom work. So to me, that's, that's sort of the reason that I do this work um, is to, is to get out of the way and to serve the, the least of these. Mm. I was able to, um, I was able to use some of those writing prompts with one of the women and, you know, and just have her just speak out her oral history as I'm typing it out, you know, and, um, and I remembered a time and, and she said she had never gotten encouraging words until she came to mercy. And, um, and I remember now that you're talking about this, I remember the one, one time that she was just so angry and she was just fighting everybody. And she was just mean and, and just for no reason creating chaos. And, um, and she sat down and, and we talked through some of the stuff. And I was like, I said, I want you to understand that I don't, I don't think you're disgusting. I love you. And I, I hugged her and I held her. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time that somebody had ever said that to her. And those words were so easy, but you know, and now we are a few years later, she came back to the workshop just to tell her story and to help us with this, with this project. And she was like that, well, yeah, nobody had ever spoken those words to me and being able to step alongside. And I know that's what Reba is doing, not just in the Dominican, but you know, really everywhere. And, you know, and just being able to stop and look a woman in the eye and say, you know, I'm, I, I hear you. And, you know, if you need help, I'm there to help you. But sometimes you just need me to hear you, you know, and, and I think that's so important that um, that phrase about the untold story, the agony of an untold story is is really and I think there's a lot of people, not just women on the margins, but um, there was, I think, somebody, one of the women that we work with, I don't know who it was, but said that we all have a little bit of brokenness, you know, and we all need something, you know, we all have to have to have need healing from something. And um, just thinking about the work that really all three of us do in, in a different area, you know, to be able to hear women. Yeah. So Amy, where, you know, for the woman who may be listening right now, or for the person who might be listening, we've got all kinds of people that listen to this podcast and maybe they've really gone through, I mean, like, it's like Ali said, there's nobody on the planet that hasn't gone through brokenness and gone through despair. And it could have been 15 years ago and they're still feeling the residual effects from that because it's just still raw. Um, or it could have happened, you know, yesterday. Um, and so for those that are listening and they're needing that, they're looking for that relief, they're needing that help. And maybe there's, they've never thought about journaling or writing through their trauma. 
talk to that person right now and, and tell them what should they do? Where do they start? What would help them? Kind of just talk to them for a minute and maybe give them some direction. I think that's a really powerful question. I, I, I guess I would say the more specific that you can be in your writing, the better. So think about the experience, uh, think about, try to take us there, um, relive it uh, on the page, think about sensory detail. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? Smell is the, the sense that stays with us the longest. Um, so really try to sit in the moment and let us see everything let us understand. Also think about the people. Uh, what do those people represent? Did they silence you? Did they help you find your voice? Try to, you know, and sometimes I think free writing should really not be in paragraph form. Think about making a list. Um, you know, uh, what, what are you feeling? What are you experiencing? Who do you see? Uh, try to really take us in as much as you can. Uh, and then maybe walk away and then come back and reflect. Like, what was it like to remember this person that was so awful to you um, and did an unspeakable thing to you? Or um, were you, maybe write it from the other perspective It's if it's about a conflict. Um, what do you imagine that person was experiencing? Uh, and then, you know, again, know that right when you put the pen down or walk away from the computer, you may not feel fabulous. Um, writing and healing is a process and reclaiming your voice and your story is going to take time, but it's worth it. Um, you know, I will say that, that my students who have written out of trauma and who have made sense of things that are very senseless have been able to sort of put it aside, never put it completely away, right? Like mm -hmm. trauma, unfortunately, is never going to go completely away, but you're able to make a little more sense of it and, and you're able to move forward and maybe even join someone else's story, right? Maybe even invite the next woman to share her trauma. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, how many women in the Bible weren't believed, right? And, uh, and then Jesus was like, no, these are my girls. <laughs> um, and so, you know, thinking about that, like, what would it be like to be heard and to be understood and to be listened to. Um, and, and then they can, can, they can come alongside us uh, in, in doing this important work, um, you know, to, to invite the next woman in. I love that. I love that. I, I do think it's so true because I know we counseling a lot of times I'll say, you, you, you'll, you may never forget it. I don't, there's these things about forgive and forget that, that, that's an all that doesn't exist, but you can learn to live with it and learning how to live with those difficulties that you've went through, um, does have that element of making you into that person that God wants you to be. And that at the beginning, when you're hurting so much, there's no answer for it. You're like, I, there's no reason this is why, you know, that this is a good thing or could be a good thing. And yet, as you journey through, sometimes you can see how God's word applied to, to that wound um, really makes a difference. Um, I know, Amy, you were mentioning that your daughter had cancer 
And I can only imagine that that personalized suddenly uh, really changed the way. It's one thing to teach it. It's like you said, it's another thing to live it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and the thing about Grace, she was two and a half when she was diagnosed. Uh, and then she finished treatment when she was five. And, and the thing that was so interesting when I went back to look at what I had written was how many questions she asked, hundreds of them. Uh, and so I kept a list of those questions. And then I have been going back and, and trying my best to answer them. And so that has been really healing. And I've, I've tried to answer them truthfully uh, because one question that still kind of haunts me is we were at clinic one morning uh, and she went for chemo every Wednesday and we were sitting in the oncology clinic waiting room and Grace hopped off um, my lap and wiggled her way in between my legs and she asked mommy where's Emma and I knew that question was coming because Emma and Grace were the same age and had spent many days together playing and you know going on parades in the oncology unit uh, but it had been several months since Grace had asked uh, or seen Emma and Emma had died. Um, and so I told her uh, that Emma went home uh, and I never told her that she died. Um, and so I wrote through and told her what I would have told her had I been brave enough uh, or, you know, if I had felt like it was appropriate to tell her that while she was still going through treatment. So, I mean, I'm still doing the work too, right? And I think that's the thing that's that's so important to remember is that the minute that I stop learning with my students or stop writing with my students or the minute that we stop walking alongside women in ministry, I think we need to sit down as our grandma Hodges used to say, right? Like if you're not doing the work, move aside. Um, and so I try to be, as transparent and open with the women I'm working with and the students I'm working with so that they know that I'm doing this work too, right? And that I haven't, it's not like I'm some expert up on a platform. Um, right. I'm just a, I'm just a girl trying to find her way too. Yeah. Well, boy, if you've been listening, I really hope that there's pieces of this that you've caught in, uh, you know, I know that there's probably somebody that this is really resonating with and connecting to. And so we want to encourage you, grab a journal, grab a, grab a three ring notebook, grab whatever you can find, grab a pen, uh, or maybe just open up your computer and find a place to just start pouring out um, and asking God to, uh, to allow you to heal through that process. And, uh, you know, as you, as you journal through those things uh, and hopefully these are things that maybe you've, found some thoughts today that you never had before. Cause I don't think a lot of people think about writing through trauma. We often think, talk about talking through trauma. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there's something really, um, again, that transition from head to, to getting those thoughts out is a, is a really uh, important thing. So Amy, number one, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for being so transparent, so open um, and for helping us. I think what you're doing is a powerful work. I know in the fields that Allie and I work in, 
um, this we see powerful changes happening to women as a result of these little things that sometimes people say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, it's a big deal. And so we're really grateful for uh, everything that you do. Alan, you have anything you want to say before we move over to those fun rapid fire questions that we love to ask right as we close out? No, I just think I think it's wonderful. Um, just watching the process over and over again, and I've seen it actually happen firsthand. She's invited me into some of these um, talks with healing housing or happening in the Dominican. And it's been, it is really, truly powerful. And, um, and so I would encourage uh, people to continue and, and, and do some research or, or grab a book and, and, and then start writing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, Amy, this is kind of how we typically end. Um, and it's real easy. We're not going to, uh, it's nothing you won't be able to do. We're just going to ask you some fun, what we call rapid fire questions. So these are going to be a little bit more relaxed. Uh, we won't pound you with them. So these are pretty easy. Um, but um, we always end with our very last question. So I'm going to tell you up front what it is before we get to it. I always ask as we close this show, what keeps you rooted deep? Um, as we think about this whole program, uh, our kind of our theme for it is uh, staying, getting rooted deep, staying rooted deep. And a lot of times we've learned so many wonderful things about what it is in people's lives that keeps them rooted deep. So that's going to be your last one. But um, so I'm going to I'm going to kick off with a super easy one because I think you may have already said it. But what book has really impacted you? Now, we know we know you love the Bible. OK, so we're going to we're, we're going to not make you feel obligated to say the Bible has really impacted me unless you really want to. But what book uh, outside the Bible has really impacted your life? Definitely my Angelos, I know why the cage bird sings. Again, because of that idea of displacement and finding voice, she lost her voice uh, for seven years after a childhood trauma. And then she became one of the greatest voices of, of our time. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, All right so uh, tell us just, this is easy. Tell us what your favorite thing to eat. Now I've eat, eaten some wonderful meals at your house, but what is your favorite meal if you were just gonna snack it out with a big book. I really uh, struggle to choose like my last meal. I would say either like I would go hard in on the Mexican yeah, or <laughs> I would want the seafood uh, mm, from, yeah. you know, uh, my childhood. I grew up in Florida. So that would, I, I could go either way. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. So tell us this, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that just brings you joy. Mm. I think watching my girls swim. I have three little girls. Grace is now in remission and doing great. And then I have twins who are seven. And I love when we're at the beach or at a pool, just watching them play. It takes me back to my childhood and, and just the joy of that simple moment. Yeah. Amy wow. taught me how to do a back dive. So um, in Panama City, so she's the, she's the pro at that. Um, so what is something, when somebody looks at you, what is something that people might get wrong about you if on first impressions, if you, um, what is something that people think Amy is and you're like, no, I'm not? Oh, whew. Uh, maybe that I'm, I'm not super smart because I love fashion. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I like to shop. I like to put on makeup and do my hair. And so a lot of people in academia sort of, I don't look like I fit in. Uh, so, you know, you can be smart and stylish. 
Yes, you can. And this is this is so funny because I think she took my dad to the airport one time and dad came back to the Dominican and he was like, all right, Amy was in her pajamas and then five minutes we were in the car. She's driving like a mad fool on the way to the airport, putting on her makeup. He's like, she can get her makeup on in less than three minutes at a red light. And I'm like, yeah, I know. She's got stuff to do. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, before we ask you the rooted deep question, what? Uh, tell one more question. That is, what are you deeply grateful for? Oh, I think whew, there's so much. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think people like you. You know, I'm I'm grateful for people who have showed up and uh, who who really take time to get to know me and to uh, walk alongside me. Um, and have shown me the way. I think our dads are a good example of that, Allison. Yeah. Um, you know, just just the people uh, and the community that I'm surrounded. surrounded. That's cool. Very cool. So the, yeah. So the last question is, what does keep you rooted deep? I mean, I, I again going back to that sort of Matthew 25, and then my Angelo seems to be coming up again and again. But that her famous quote when you get, give, when you learn, teach. And to me, we have to give it away. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're only here for a moment and can't take any of it with us. So give it away, you know, uh, and, and, and show others the way so that they can join us in the, the kingdom. Yeah, good stuff, really good stuff. Well, thank you, Amy, so much for being with us today. Um, I, I know that those who've listened have just gotten some things that uh, they can take away. And hopefully as, as uh, our prayer for you today is if you're going through a difficult place in life, whatever trauma that may be, whatever difficulty that may be, our prayer for you today is that you get, you know, solid in, in scripture and in that time with the Lord and, and find out what God has for you in this place. And I think that writing through some of that and finding that healing um, through that process is going to be so important to you. So we hope that these tools that we've given you today, hopefully as Amy had shared, is going to be some things that will really help you. So uh, until next time, we want to thank you for joining us right here at Rooted Deep. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.